This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to 21 for 21. 21 Lessons in sport media for the 21st century a sport social network podcast on this week's episode we talk about vertical video motorsport documentaries and how MotoGP has overtaken formula one on facebook hello and welcome back to 21 for 21 podcast bringing you 21 more lessons about sport and media in the 21st century. I'm Stuart, sports marketer, joined as always by Jamie, sports journalist. Jamie, glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a good while. A lot's happened since we last recorded an episode. The last episode was about the the first record attendance at the Camp Nou, I think. So that record was since of, of a women's football match, sorry. So that record was since broken. And then, of course, they played the the Champions League final, and and we got the Euros ahead, and so a lot's happened since since we last recorded anything. Yeah, I mean, we were in the, the in the in the final straight of the football season. Yeah, we're now still with, of course, the the Nations League at the time of recording the football season. It seems never ending, but there will be there will be a break. But no, you're right. It's it's great seeing how well, things a are short continuing. break. Short break. A short break true. because domestic leagues start again very early this year, thanks to the World Cup in Qatar over the, no, the winter break. No, of course, of course. That's uh, again, I'm sure a topic for a future podcast. I guess the the what media innovations there might be for for the World Cup and how how it might differ being a, a winter or winter in the Northern Hemisphere World Cup in terms of yeah viewing habits. Will the I don't know the summer beer garden festival move into some sort of indoor Christmas market type type viewing or will will yeah I don't know the the race for Christmas number one push the world the World Cup out the out of the way or we'd really be interested to see how that winter winter World Cup affects with our usual habits of what we associate a major football tournament of, of being. Yeah absolutely and it's not I mean in Qatar we'll get we'll get into it in, in more depth another day I'm sure but in Qatar that they're what it's GMT plus three is the time zone? Yes. So they're kind of two hours ahead of Central Europe, three hours ahead of uh, of London. So I think I mean, I don't know how hot it is there during those kind of winter months, which I know is why they've scheduled it there. But I don't think they'll be playing the matches too late in terms of audiences. So I'm interested to see how it's uh, it's going to pan out. 
yeah, it's not not quite a Asian event like the Tokyo Olympics were, and it's definitely not on the American time zone either. So you're right for European viewers, it's it's favourable, favourable. Um, just being those two or three hours ahead, like you say. So no, it'll be really be interesting to see what what happens there. Um, so uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more <laughs> le- lessons about about the World Cup and. FIFA and, and football in general, but yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've got um, plenty more to talk about. But um, so we wanted to focus this this week, Jamie, on our our return on on motorsport and specifically co- uh, comparing MotoGP and Formula One and how they're growing in different ways, but also the same ways. But first, there's a story that caught your eye about a, a different type of is it motorsport? Uh, they're electric motors. So I think I think it just sort of comes under the radar of of motors. It's the e-scooter championship, which uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a very new championship. I think it uh, launched this year. Yeah, and it's basically by Yanos type investment or. I honestly I don't know a lot about it. I, I don't. I've not had time to research it in too much depth. But it's caught my eye. It's basically these electric scooters that are now populating what seems to be most major cities in the world that you can pay for on a, an app on your phone and ride around the place unless you actually buy your own. Um, and they're they're running them in in race competitions. They're trying to run it in the in the same sort of um, style as the Red Hook Criterium, which if you're a cycling fan, you will know as uh, know of, which is basically uh, it's, they take over kind of um, European cities. Um, oh, yeah, so like a, a, a tour, no, like a, a time trial type thing, so like a race through the city, city streets. I believe so. so it's, it's, yeah, and they're fixed, fixed gear bikes, mm-hmm. so it's not the same kind of, you know, like a Tour de France where you not the tactics, you know, climbs and yeah. sprints mm-hmm. and downhills, and it's it's you know shorter shorter circuits and city circuits, and so that's the idea of uh, e-scooter, is that they go in kind of small city circuits. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I think there's sort of an entry where, where kind of people can get an opportunity to to qualify. You don't have to be necessarily the, the same riders week in, week out. Oh, that's a nice idea. So it can be yeah, a local who knows their streets, they can, they can enter and have, have their shot at, the, shot at the prize. I believe so. I believe so. Uh, like I say, I've not had a massive amount of time to, uh, to research it. But what really caught my attention is that they're broadcasting it. So it's it's... It's a new sport targeted at younger mobile first generation of viewers, perhaps the sort of viewers that will hound their parents for an electric scooter to, to zip to school on. Um, and so they're broadcasting it in 916, which is basically like Instagram stories or TikTok. So rather than having the traditional horizontal uh, video like you see on your TV or your laptop or whatever, they're filming it in vertical, which... I spoke to a friend of mine that works for MotoGP, and we kind of decided that maybe it works because it's they're kind of elongated. You know, oh, yeah, you stand okay. on a scooter, yeah. so you're the quite tall. Like stood up, they're not hunched over like exactly. a, a, pack of, a pack of cyclists. Exactly, exactly. Um, so maybe maybe it lends itself to to that kind of format. I don't know, but the idea is that it will work natively on your phone. Okay. So the, this um, so new, new new sporting series ends it completely by bypassing TV. So will it be streamed just on a TikTok or an Instagram, and not even? um entering the, the the market in the marketplace for tv uh, i i think it's an adapted broadcast i think that they've perhaps got i don't know even if it's that uh, major to be televised i'm oh, like okay. scanning the various things yeah. they've got access across um their own ott platform social media and various mobile platforms i think so the idea is it is absolutely mobile first rather than 
TV first, like your traditional sports. Yeah. And so getting back to sort of what this would maybe mean for, for the future of video. So when you're at, at events and when, when in, in your job, you're filming with a traditional camera. I mean, are people filming these on, on mobile phones or are they filming on traditional cameras? Just have that have a 916 view. It's a, or, or it's, a very, it's a very good question. Maybe they just turn their, their cameras 90 degrees. Um, I would imagine that they're filming it on perhaps like I don't think you could film it on a phone. I think the nature of these events and the, the yeah. distance you have to be at with the camera following it, I think it would have to be like a traditional electronic news gathering camera or a, maybe, a, yeah. And so I, I would imagine that they're filming it in a usual aspect ratio, in the usual um, 16-9 aspect ratio, and then they they have some kind of crop mechanism um, that's applied in, in, in real time, I would imagine. I can't. I, I struggle to believe that they're filming it on sideways cameras. <laughs> yeah, no, um, really. Yeah, it, it, interesting. There's not. To see. There's not a great deal of information out there about it. I I, I have to admit, but it, the yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, with an e-scooter e e championships, maybe even this gimmick, this new yeah, story, yeah. and this was called, called RI. So, you know, maybe it's getting it. <clears throat> this is their defining factor, or this USP that will get at the attention from all these other other motorsport series and, and newer sports. I've I've just uh, pulled up the article in front of me, and it it would seem that it's kind of a usual produ like production, and they mm -hmm. they send the original six. So it's like I suspected they they send the original sixteen nine video to their their broadcast facilities where they kind of add in the the black bars if you like uh, okay, got it. To, to kind of frame it as as six uh, as nine sixteen. But happening in in real time though, so they're filming at sixty nine, goes back to yeah, base, which, and then it goes flips out at nine sixty. Exactly, which without, without turning your camera sideways would have been impossible just a few years ago. Oh, wow. know, putting those kind of graphics and and framing the the video in that kind of um, fast way, I'd imagine there's an element of artificial intelligence in there as well for the framing of the video. I could be wrong. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, there's more, there's more research to be done here. We need to. Uh, to reach out to some people <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah but so if you're, if you're listening from the e-scooter e world championship we 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 are, are looking for guests for, for series two or it, 21 for 21 so to get in touch but it's worth mentioning that it's something now that a lot of content producers do um whether it's formula one or uh, football rugby cricket a lot of now will take the original horizontal video and crop it so that it works for a, a tiktok video or, and you can you know a lot of this editing software you can kind of if you imagine you've got like this horizontal, uh, the vertical frame within your horizontal video, you can move it as necessary. Um, so it's not like you have to pick a fixed spot on the on the frame. Um, okay, so it's like if you're filming a, a wide shot of a game, you can do it on the goal or the the corner, exactly. for example. Okay. And a lot a lot of cameras now are operating in in 4K, and so mm -hmm. you can get, you know, you can crop in quite a lot without having any or very little distortion when you kind of output it in HD. So um, no, it's quite cool that they're able to do this in real time and broadcast mm -hmm. it in this way. Maybe there's a future for a lot of sports that they do simultaneous broadcasts. You know, they do their their traditional um, 16.9 broadcast alongside a 9.16 broadcast for, for mobile first. Yeah, I mean, back to what we started talking about right in our first or second episode with um, the increase of football matches being shown live on TikTok. There was the more right. niche uh, Burnley women, I believe we were spoke about. So, yeah, maybe for the... Yeah, the big football games you have the option yeah to stream on tiktok or watch it on sky sports as the traditional so that sort of thing i'm sure and 
we'll be seeing more of. And I'd suspect it's only a matter of time before uh, someone at Sony or Samsung comes out with a gimmicky TV that you can mount on your wall. And depending on the aspect ratio of your 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 video, it'll, it'll yeah, turn okay. automatically. <laughs> um, not that I'll be investing in one. My, my yeah. big argument against all of this is that my eyes are horizontally arranged. <laughs> and, and that's how I want to be watching my video. But maybe I'm just there. Yeah. Uh, I'm being a, a Luddite, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we will, I'm sure, be coming, we're coming back to this topic uh, as and when it becomes more and more, more and more mainstream. Um, yeah, so speaking like I of, say, I think this will yeah. be the start of the mm-hmm. start of, of simultaneous broadcast now for for mobile. Yeah, maybe not first, but you know, equal mm-hmm. priority to traditional yeah. screens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, the technology, yeah, certainly, certainly is there. Um, but uh, speaking of, again, you know, motorsport and things entering the mainstream, again, we touched about in, in our first series, the popularity of Drive to Survive, that Netflix documentary, behind the scenes documentary on Formula One and how it contributed to an increasing popularity of of the sports. We saw record TV attendances, record attendances at the... Uh, American Grand Prix or huge three or four hundred thousand people more than the previous year or something than before COVID attending these these events in in Austin um so yeah as we've heard I know you've mentioned your friends at MotoGP so they launched a similar documentary on the rival streaming service Amazon but that's not really caught the imagination as as much as Netflix Drive survived it Jamie is there any main underlying reasons for that yeah, it would seem not. I, I'm yet to kind of find any clear data um, backing it or not. But it would certainly seem that uh, that kind of empirical data and and community feedback has not been the greatest um, that that it could have been. So it's called it's called MotoGP Unlimited, and it was launched um, on Amazon Prime, like you said, and produced by a Spanish. Um, media company called media pro studios uh who are involved in various things around the world and the idea was that they give viewers behind the scenes access to to the world championship very similar to sort of drive to survive but in their own kind of format the storytelling format is a little bit different um drive to survive kind of picked a almost a standalone story each week whereas the motor gp one kind of followed the the series um or sorry followed the championship throughout the series um but again it had the same appeal i think you know it was filmed on sort of cinematic cameras where you get that nice kind of blurred background texture and mixed with uh, track footage and and it was nice and high paced in terms of bringing you kind of the action of uh, a motor to gp um but yeah no like you say it, the the 
the, the kind of uptake for it wasn't the best personally i think there were various issues when they first launched they uh, launched with dubbing so obviously the writers come from all over the world and it was decided that they're best expressing themselves in their own language which i think is is fair and reasonable um but they launched it with a like a dub with what was i was trying to find some tweets earlier because people were very upset about it but basically they were saying it was it was it was like a, a monotone robot like oh, okay, okay. and and it was it was distracting frankly yeah. it was just you know you're watching your favorite writer talking passionately about what it is he does and there's this monotone english dub over the top um that said pre-release people were very upset that it was going to be subtitled i don't want to be reading i want to be watching the series oh, okay, okay. I mean, when they announced it the you know the issue again with squid game and i was it's away from sport as well there was a big debate over which one is the right way to use it but the choice was there so i would have thought having the choice would be would be the standard so that was the issue dubbing. there wasn't a, there wasn't a choice when it first launched you had to watch it with the dub um so like i said before it launched people were complaining about subtitles um, um basically okay, what people wanted was that everyone spoke english i think yeah <laughs> um but you know you, you can't keep everyone happy uh, least of all fans sorry no. Um, and I think for me personally, from a journalistic point of view, I'd rather see the the protagonists of the show, who are the writers, mm-hmm. speaking in their own words as fluently and as as passionately as you know they can express themselves. As someone that spends a lot of his time speaking another language, I, I, I can tell you I speak express myself much better in English than I can in Spanish. Um, so I think the same is you know the same is for these writers and whatever sports series I watch, I'm perfectly happy to hear. Uh, whoever it is talking in their own language and and having it subtitled um, I guess that might be a uh, a content issue then that you're right it's maybe um you, you can't can't please everyone with a what might seem like a small production issue but it's, it's proving to be a, a a big a big issue in amongst the fans uh do you think it could also be an issue just how how many sport documentaries there are is it, was it simply a market saturation or is is there room for pretty much any sporting property to have, have a documentary sure so uh yes is the honest answer i think that the, the documentary people have been talking about documentaries now for uh, i'd say a good part of a decade since streaming services kind of first came out and a lot of these documentaries and um, hit our screens and they're document and now they're documentary about absolutely everything everyone's got a documentary <laughs> um you know, and, and I think there are so many streaming services with so many documentaries that it's difficult to stand out. I think one of the big issues for MotoGP was that, and you did it earlier on in the show, you said we'll compare MotoGP to Formula One. And I think it's it's as a sport, but also people were expecting Drive to Survive. And Drive to Survive had its very unique way of telling its story, and it had a lot of success on Netflix. And this was never going to be the same, but that's fine, you know. Um, but I think people had their hopes set on something else and it, it didn't live up to that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the honest answer is, is, yes, you're probably right. There are too many other documentary series vying for your attention. And if you don't get hooked on the, the first episode, then you're going to struggle kind of sticking with it because there are so many other things trying to vie for your attention. Um, so, yeah. And so I think a lot of people, their initial experience was with this horrible dubbing and they thought, ah, you know what? I'm not going to come back. <laughs> no, um, that's the interesting think, thing, though. I mean, it was maybe a, a lazy comparison between Formula One and, and MotoGP, but it's easily I mean, done. They, a lot of people do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I think they. 
you 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 would have to compare. Um, so I think MotoGP or uh, Formula One, they would see their rivals as as each other. Maybe the big major sports teams or, or sports leagues, but ultimately, um, yeah, they're similar. Um, so the top premier racing series of cars and bikes are going to be a lot of similarities between them. Um, but one thing I did find interesting, this is um, in, in the course of, of course of my job, we did a sort of a brief LinkedIn post on this topic a couple of weeks ago. And I found out that MotoGP actually have more fans on Facebook than Formula One. So the official MotoGP channel, as Formula One was on top overall, but on, on Facebook, I think it was 13 million MotoGP to 10 million F1 or maybe. Oh, well, wow. I wasn't yeah, aware so, of that. Yeah, so I think that maybe shows, again, we can really go deep deep into this, uh, the data using our, our, our iris tools, if anyone interested is, is listening, but maybe that shows that the demographic is different because to be broadly stereotypical, um, Facebook is maybe for, for the older generation, whereas obviously streaming services are perhaps for the younger generation. So maybe this most GP content went out in in the wrong place. I I, I think you, you're probably very, your, your suspicions are uh, quite near to being correct, I'd imagine. I think the demographics are different. Um, I think the demographic graphics have shifted a lot in the past couple of years due to the success of Drive to Survive uh, for Formula One. Um, it's interesting that you pointed that out because one of the things that I don't know the, the kind of the Facebook consumption anymore. I can't remember the last time I logged on to Facebook, frankly. Um, but one of the big big markets for MotoGP, for example, is Indonesia. And maybe there's a greater uptake of users in, of Facebook in Indonesia or I don't know. But one of the things that MotoGP do, and, and I'm maybe a bit biased here, but I, I think they do very well, is they built communities on, MotoG on Facebook. So they've got like a tech gossip uh, Facebook group. And they've got a, I think they've got a memes group even that's like run by oh, the official MotoGP yeah. brand, mm -hmm. but it's it's within a group in Facebook and they've created that that strong community. Okay. And I think that's something they've done really well. Uh, I think they've done that really, really well. And it, it's bought loyalty more than anything. Uh, it doesn't necessarily bring in new fans like a, a hit series on Netflix would, but I think it's it's given them a great deal of loyalty and uh, uh, yeah, and, and keeping attention on MotoGP when there there are no race events, which is a bit again, different. That's, to, that's an, to an Formula. important thing, yeah. So maybe as you said, Formula One with um, Drivers Vibe, it built that community in places like America based on the documentary. With MotoGP, already had the fan base, so maybe the documentary was it maybe necessary because everyone's got a documentary, they had to have one, but maybe perhaps in yeah, not the best well, way or done the right way to get. To it's get it's worth pointing out. It's, it's not the first kind of behind the scenes documentary that they've done. Okay. They've they've done various uh, shorter documentaries that focus on maybe a specific thing. So the uh, Sepang Racing Team, who have had two pretty good seasons, mm -hmm. well, one very good season and one pretty good season, um, but they came out very kind of strong. And they did uh, their first season. They did a whole kind of behind the scenes of like setting up the team and and you know the backroom conversations of how they're going to manage this team and who they're going to sign and and which riders are going where and stuff. And then they did a second sort of follow-up season. Um, and that was quite successful. That went out on their OTT platform and on YouTube. They've also done... Um, right, MotoGP's platform or the team's platform even? MotoGP's. Mm -hmm. MotoGP's. As far as I'm aware, none of the teams have got their Yeah, I would have been surprised platform. if they had, but I was just wondering, just wanted to... Yeah, be sure. It could, it could be. Yeah. It could well be a matter of time. 
yeah. it wouldn't you know everyone seems to have a documentary and once you've got your documentary you look at getting your own ott platform um i saw tottenham hotspurs are launching their ott okay, platform okay. this summer everyone's got one these days yeah <laughs> i think who's um, getting their ideas from <laughs> uh, but yeah so and, and then MotoGP have also done um sort of yearly feature length documentaries okay okay so, so the but again, it's kind of in-house production hosted on their own um, yeah. OTT or sold out to broadcasters, or licensed out to broadcasters, rather than this kind of dedicated series in this true documentary series format that, that drives to survive was, which is what they sort of tried to do, I think, with uh, MotoGP Unlimited, was trying to kind of fill that gap. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it is just, again, the first season. I don't know if we, if we, if we know anything about um, if future future efforts, but I'm sure rightly... Season would, one of Drive to Survive had a slightly different format from from the later seasons. So yeah, maybe they'll most GP will at least see some value, and they can build build on this going going forward for future future years. Yeah, it does seem that the uh, from from what I gather from journalists reporting in the paddock that that it's been put on hold. The, okay, okay. The, the teams of people that were following them around with cameras and microphones have now sort of disappeared from the paddock. Um, so it looks like we might not get one this season. The future seasons, I'd imagine that they'll be looking at doing something. Um, but you have to remember as well, this is a big investment for these these competitions. Of course. Uh, it's a big um, compromise for the riders and the drivers and the teams who, let's be honest, on a race weekend, their, their number one focus is winning the race. It is the race, not, definitely. Not sitting down and recording interviews and worrying about, you know, being on TV. And that's something that that has been reflected on by various Formula One drivers that... Uh, you know they were kind of being dragged away from what their kind of primary job is or that they were becoming too intrusive or um you know that was kind of a, a big issue for for a lot of the formula one drivers um i mean yeah i mean the thing is that is part of part of being an athlete in, in any context context really so maybe if they aren't being dragged away by 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 netflix they want to be dragged away by their agent to record a an instagram story or a or, or a tiktok themselves so i think it is well you have to, you have to imagine on a on a usual kind of race weekend there's often like a pre-event press conference uh the or the race association whether it's motor gp formula one mm-hmm. um world indoor trial whoever will nascar will want to do their own kind of pre-event shoot yep. which often is taking them to an iconic landmark nearby and doing something uh, their teams will want to do something. There'll be various media scrums. Uh, various broadcasters will probably have uh, petitions to do something as well. And and that'll be every day. So then add on top of that, this production company that are creating this documentary. That I mean, I think, um, well, I know Lewis Hamilton and, and Mercedes didn't take part in the, the last series, right? It was, yeah. It was drive been... to survive. Yeah, so you're right. There's always, always going to be some... Um... <clears throat> If it's not seen as part of your your strategy, or it's not, not not fitting your image. So yeah, but probably I think I saw Lewis yesterday. Lewis Hamilton, he's going to be producing a Formula One movie, either starring or, or with with Brad Pitt. So yeah, they've seen yeah. So that pop, popularity of a group thing is they've grown out of it almost or already. I mean, that's the other side of it is that everyone now wants their own documentary too <laughs> you know as an individual and or mm-hmm. as an individual that's got an interesting story to tell and it wouldn't surprise me if lewis hamilton has got his own documentary team working on the lewis hamilton documentary um yeah. for example mm-hmm. and and I, I that's you know yeah another media commitment for them my cat's joined the conversation 
Um, and I think that will happen if it's not already happening across a range of sports, that there'll be whatever football team or broadcaster or producer or production company shooting their documentary with the team. And then each member of the team will have their own yeah. company doing their individual documentary. And at the end of the season, we'll get 25 plus one documentary. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there is. Or even uh, the champion, you know, the various championships. Yeah, I mean, there, there is now an appetite for that. You already see about how the top footballers or the top sports stars have more social media followers than, than the team. Yeah, and that, that in itself drives its own revenue and its own income streams and, and its own interest from, from fans. And and everyone's looking to monetize everything in as, as much as they can, rightly so, understandably. Why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, it keeps us both in work in, uh, in, in, in some way. And it keeps us entertained. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, we're going to sit down and watch it. So, oh, definitely. Um, well, yeah, so, no, I'm, um, I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, in terms of, um, yeah, back to, back to our, our, our theme. So, 21 lessons. So, uh, round two. So, this is lesson, we call it according to lesson 22 or le lesson yeah. one again. It's uh, a good question of <laughs> good question of languages. But, um, yeah, is there from what we talked about, from the the new camera techniques uh, involved in in the scooter to the, the, the choice of different broadcasters and different documentary formats, what how would we sum this up as our as our first lesson back? Well, maybe we could. Uh, and I'm trying to think of how to phrase it as a lesson, but maybe we can make a prediction that in the next, let's say, the next year, we're going to see uh, a vertical video documentary series. <laughs> yeah that's good um you yeah, know so. it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we and I'm, I'm talking okay mobile first so maybe they wouldn't be like 40 minute episodes maybe they'd be 12 minute episodes because that's yeah, a, a nice monetizable length for, mm -hmm. for i think tiktok allows up to 12 minutes now um and and youtube mobile first um and and yeah that yeah, wouldn't no, surprise think, me yeah no i'm Again, yeah, we, are, we we can't we're not we're not we're not expert guests giving this lesson, but no, from from what we we've said and our educated educated guesses, yeah, I think yeah, let's let's turn back. So for for episode one of of our third series of twenty one for twenty one in about a year's time, let's see if that documentary is in the works. Um, and if you're where, a producer listening to this, have you considered making your documentary mobile first and shooting it vertically? Turn your turn your camera on its side. <laughs> Um, uh, so Jamie, where where can we find us? Um, we're at on on YouTube. It's twenty one for twenty one. Um, we're on Sports Social Network. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, yeah, do do be sure to to like and subscribe. And we'll be back with you for for our next lesson very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.